Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Court Podcast, episode 15. Today is, or tonight, is NBA Finals Eve, as Angus put it. Uh, we're excited for the NBA Finals, and we're excited to be back, you know what I'm saying? After a after hiatus after again. some absence, yeah, double hiatuses. You guys will rarely see this from some of the most dedicated fans out there, but <laughs> but as you know, these conference finals went by extremely fast. Actually, no, I wouldn't say extremely fast. We thought it was gonna go by extremely fast, and we were thinking, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make the podcast once the finals matchups are set, and then. The Heat and Celtics series just kept going on and on and on. Yeah. And now we have it set. So, like, we probably should let you guys know our bad, but we're doing according to our word. All right. We can't help <laughs> that the games lasted long. But hey, I feel like I feel like we have so much more substance because you know there's only two series going on at the time. So there's only so much you can talk about to to uh to matchups. That's so true. you guys are gonna get a good one today. Facts. Uh, first of all, let's talk about our predictions. Angus, I'm pretty sure you said the Heat in like the first or second round. So let's give it up to you, man, because I don't think anyone else was saying the Heat even after they swept the Bucks. I don't think people had any faith that they're gonna go to the finals. Okay, so I couple episodes back I did say that the Heat had a great had the best chance out of any team in in the playoffs to beat the Celtics and what I know they they did beat the Celtics but I do remember predicting at the end of it that it was going to be Denver versus Boston cuz like you literally held a gun to my head and then you made <laughs> me answer and then I said the first thing that came to my mind I said Denver versus Boston but but if you go back even more, like <laughs> probably like eight or eight this or ten got more his episodes, own receipts. this man got his own it, receipts. You guys will remember I said that Denver is my favorite to come out the West. I don't know. I don't know if you guys paid attention. Let me know which episode, what minute mark, and I'll tweet it out. <laughs> well, I said I the did Celtics. say Denver. You did say I the Celtics. Celtics, and I was wrong about that. And I said Warriors, and I was wrong about that too. So oh, you you thought it was gonna be back to back Warriors Celtics? No, I, well I was hoping Warriors. I don't really what I don't remember what did I say for the West. I don't think I think I said Suns. But it, yeah, I, I think you did say the yeah, Suns. Yeah. I think I said Suns. <laughs> that might have been a good choice. Like if they were able to get past the Nuggets. Yeah. But okay, at what game of the series did you realize that your Celtics pick? Was bad. Was after game two or after game three? Um, all right. Sorry, I just adjusted my mic, but um, I don't know. I I thought I thought it was over after game three because uh-huh. it, the effort was terrible. Game three it, was terrible. It just looked like it was like you would expect a team after getting destroyed at their home court to come back and actually like play great but they played awful effort wise and everything it was just it was just awful but let's give credit to the celtics but i want to give credit to the heat because i i definitely slept and i put it on the story i definitely slept on this heat team uh they i think we all did i think yeah and but when you when you watch their team it does make sense why they are good because gabe vincent 
Cody, I'm sorry, Caleb Martin, you know, Duncan Robinson, these guys, uh, even Hayward Highsmith, he had like, he came off, he came in in some games and just played a really important role for them. He he came with energy. He he was looking to like get involved in the offense, even though he didn't have the ball, you know, and looking at the way the Heat play, like they play very cohesively, like they're very, they, they play like a college team when I watch them play. They run their motion. They look for each guy to see if they have an advantage, and then they attack that advantage. That's what they're extremely patient, you know. Yeah. Uh, who was your MVP for both teams, either teams or both teams? Yeah. Both teams, the yeah. MVP for both teams. Yeah. Uh, Start with the Celtics though, because they lost. Celtics for the Celtics. I mean, who else can you say besides um, Tatum? Tatum. Tatum. Like. Yeah. I know a lot of people are going to say Derek White because of that huge shot he made, that put back at the end of game six. But, like, the the Celtics couldn't make a single shot for most of the game. And then the second half came around, and then it was Jason Tatum's time. He was making unbelievable turnarounds. He was backing down Jimmy Butler, making fadeaways. And, like, so many times during these playoffs, we see Jason Tatum, like, his mid-range game is not there yet. Not yet. I think he's shooting like 39% from the mid-range in the playoffs, but he really showed up in game six during crunch time. Yeah, they the Celtics are as good as Jason Tatum. I think when he gets to the basket, uh, it's really fucking hard to stop the Celtics because once he gets in the paint, uh, it creates so many lanes for everyone else because you have to help, and yeah. that's when the Celtics a, are the best. Because the Celtics he's a are passer. Exactly, and the Celtics are really good at swinging the ball and finding their shooters, which is every single one of them. So, yeah, they're they're deadly. Um, it did not surprise me. Once they won game four, and I kind of chuckled when I, when I heard the whole, like, don't let us win one game, don't let us win one game. I kind of chuckled because I thought it was like, oh, man, like, why are y'all still talking? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> why are y'all still talking? But then... When they beat them, and yeah, when they beat them, I was just like, okay, next game, they play at home, which they can win. The game after that, that's going to be the toughest game. And then Mm -hmm. game seven is at home, and then they could win. So once they won game four, I was like, okay, this could happen. This could actually happen. It's it's not likely, but it could happen, and it almost did. Yeah. Does it surprise you with how bad the Celtics were at home? They lost three games at home. Um, I think it's more surprising of how well the play, the how well the Heat played, um, on the road, more so uh-huh. than the Celtics defending their home court because this, I just man when. Tyler Hero went down. It was just like, oh boy, like this team was already iffy to even making the playoffs, and now they miss. They're missing their like six man or their their second best score. Yeah, they're definitely their second best score. And then, and then you got Gabe Vincent starting instead of Kyle Lowry because Kyle Lowry's getting old and shit. And it's like, damn, like this team is really in trouble. But then. You watch the game and Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, these guys are bucket getters. Like Caleb Martin is like a $25 million guy, minimum. Mm-hmm. And they have him on like 14, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 million type shit. And I think he has two more two, three more years on his contract with the Heat. And so does Gabe Vincent. So these guys, this this Heat team, man, 
Like these They're guys cheap contracts too. Super Extremely cheap and cheap like contracts. these guys are super undervalued when it comes to their contract. Uh I went way off topic, but what were we fucking talking about? I mean, I feel like you're still on topic. I just asked you if the home court advantage mattered for the Celtics because they lost three games at home. And then you proceeded to go on a tangent about how (laughs) I'm completely discrediting the Heat and their undrafted players. No, not completely. But I I just do want to – I just – the Heat's really played well. And I want to make sure we give them credit instead of talking about why – how the Celtics lost. You know what I mean? Let's let's give credit to the winning team because this team deserves some respect. You you mentioned Tyler Hero and like if it weren't for Tyler Hero's injury, Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin would not be getting these opportunities. It's kind of eye opening. It, it it's eye opening, but then at the end of the day, when it's a close game, you want another shot maker, and Tyler Hero is that. Yeah. And I'm hearing that he might return for Game Three. Really, that would be yeah. interesting. I don't think he. But I'm not what, sure how how iffy it is because you know they said that he was ramping up like last week, uh, but it's a broken hand and this is playoff, this is playoff basketball and from what we've seen so far in the playoffs, since I've been watching like very closely since my team was in it, like playoff basketball is a completely different animal than regular season basketball. So that conditioning has to be tip top shape. But he he definitely would be the freshest legs for the Heat. Yeah, uh, no more than 10, 12 minutes a game, like, bro. There's no way. Yeah, bro. there's no way. There's Unless no like way. towards the end, because I mean it's not a leg injury, but um, I was just it is eye opening to see Caleb Martin going stupid. All of a sudden, I'm like, why isn't this guy like this guy should be the focal point instead of Tyler Hero? This guy should be the guy. Like Tyler Hero should be like the the sixth man off the bench that the spark plug guy like. He's better at that shit anyway. So keep Caleb Martin as your focal point on offense. He basically is the focal point on offense besides sometimes Gabe Vincent and Jimmy Butler. All right. All right. You're going too far. Okay. Bro, am I going far? Focal point offense. Because I feel like Caleb Martin is just playing hard. He's finding his spots and then he's taking more shots because shots has to go to someone on that team. That doesn't mean that just because someone gets more shots doesn't mean that they're going to be playing better. And he's the, everyone on that Heat team is playing hard. Everyone is playing hard, and then everyone is running the offense. When you play off a big, when you play off a big man like Bam, it's easy to get shots. Like look at look at a big man that are NBA that played a similar offensive bro, did role. Did you not as Bam. see? Did you not see the shots that he was making, bro? Well, the Celtics let him get going. I just want, okay. They gave him that confidence. All right. So, bro. But he's had that confidence since he was inserted in the starting lineup in the middle of the season. Eric Spolscher trusts him. And then after draining that three over Giannis in, like, game game five, I believe, and then he did that uh, hand-in-the-face celebration, I was like, yeah, Caleb Martin, this guy, this guy ha- is going to have confidence that rides with him through the rest of the playoffs. But that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just... Like he's, it's the biggest moments. It's the entire playoffs, bro. In this series alone, he's averaging nineteen. He was averaging nineteen points a game off of sixty percent field goal percentage, bro. Sixty percent. And I, some could argue that he could, he should have won the Eastern Conference Trophy, the Larry Bird Trophy. No, the the Larry Bird Trophy went to Jimmy Butler for a reason, bro. Jimmy Butler def- 
he went he almost he averages 2. 2.6 steals a game which is almost three he averaged 24 points a game 25 points a game and when you watch the playoffs he had these crazy moments uh and game six although he he blew game six by himself like it was really hard to watch uh, but he he almost got them back. He got them back in the game. They should have won that game. Like clear and simple. They should plain and simple. They should have won that fucking game. But oh man, could you right, imagine well, if they lost game seven? That I I thought they were going to lose. I thought the Celtics were going to win game seven, but the Heat came out. That brings us to our next point, um, Angus. This is a little question we got for each other. What was the Celtics' number one reason? Why they lost Game Seven? What was their ultimate demise? If you had to give one reason, ultimate demise, I think it comes down to coaching. Mm. I know it's easy to blame the assist the the rookie head coach. I know it's the easy way out, and I know that they did end up taking three games in a row. But like this team. In the playoffs versus last year's team in the playoffs looks night and day. Like this team looks like it's it's phased sometimes. Like I, I remember game two. Jimmy Butler and Grant Williams were going at it. And Jimmy was scoring on Grant. But and Grant was getting in Jimmy's face. But I thought it was pathetic because Joe Mazzulla barely plays Grant Williams, yet Grant Williams is the only one that's showing that's showing this much heart, that cares yeah. this much. In game two, it feel like nobody cared. Like you remember last year in the finals, Jalen Brown and Draymond got into it. Like Jalen Brown cared because he's playing for a coach that could light a fire in him. And Joe Mazzulla, I feel like he was an assistant for a reason. There was a reason why he was, a lot of people call him second row Joe in Boston. And it's because he was sitting on the second row of the coaching staff. You're, he, he wasn't next to, he wasn't, last year he was not next to Ime Doka. All right. Ime Doka had Will Hardy and he had Damon Stoudemire on his side. And those two left, like, and now is Joe Mazzullo, who wasn't even supposed to be second or third in line to take the head coaching job. And he's thrusted into this coaching position, and it's inexperienced show, too. And then when you take into account that the rest of his assistants are not ready to be head coaches, then, like, that's, that's a sign that your coaching staff is not good enough to take you to the next level. Because if you if you have a championship level coaching staff, you should have at least two to three guys on there that could be head coaches on other teams, or at least some veterans, veteran coaches that are on that staff that help you navigate through things. But Joe Mazzulla didn't have that, and I I don't completely blame it on him. I think that the Udoka firing at the beginning of the season really threw things off. But damn it, they made this far. They made it this far, and coaching was just a shortcoming for them. And and he's not a bad coach, but what yeah, you said is I, right. No, after after game three, I felt like he was a bad coach, and then I guess they went to Top Golf and it fixed everything. <laughs> okay, so you say the coaching that is that is a that was very it was pretty obvious. Um, I, but I think my number one reason, bro, and it's interesting that I thought you were going to say this. Yeah, my number reason. Was Tatum rolling his ankle in the first play of the fucking game? First play, <laughs> that was a that was just a fucking stab in the back for the Celtics team, man. The coaching staff wasn't ready for it. 
the you know the players themselves it just they just looked demoralizing when you talk about how no one cared it did look like they didn't care it did look a lot like they were just demoralized think about it bro one of the Celtics best I talked about it earlier the Celtics are best when Jason Tatum is attacking the basket not only does that allow him to get more easy looks from the three it also allows everyone else on the fucking team to get looks from three and that's when he's the best because Jalen Brown Jalen Brown can get like a bucket in the midi, but no one can run the floor and get to the basket like Jason Tatum. And with when you don't have that, and you clearly didn't have that with Jason Tatum throughout the game, he wasn't himself grimacing every time he landed. It just like it was it was sad. It was really sad because you it wasn't the best Celtics versus the best Heat. It looked like the best Heat. But it wasn't the best Celtics. It looked like the Celtics that were all of a sudden you had Marcus Smart chucking shots, Derek White chucking shots. God, Derek White was not feeling it that game. And you rely on your role players more. And I just, it just, it was really hard to watch. Jalen Brown has a terrible game. Uh, Al Horford, I think if they had like six guys like Al Horford, they would have been a better team. But I think one, it's one, it's Tatum's injury that was just. A killer for this this that Celtics team, and and two, I think there was like you said, coaching. How there's veteranship, like you said, a good coaching staff needs like two or three guys that could be a head coach on on any given team, uh, on that bench. And not only do they have that, but they also have veteran leadership like on the actual bench on the roster, a lot more than this Celtics team, which I think the only guy really is Al Horford. Al Horford, um, yeah. And who, like Blake he, Griffin, could, but Blake Griffin hasn't done anything. Blake Griffin, no, bro. They don't respect Blake Griffin like Al Horford, and I, I, I just think that that yeah, it comes down to leadership and veteranship and and coaching. But I think that injury man was one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing. Okay, okay. So we we've seen this happen time and time again. But whose job is it to keep those players in line when something happens? Who whose whose job is it to keep them on the right track when like? They face adversity. Like Tatum's injury is adversity, but we're acting like this team is not one of the most talented teams in the league. We were gushing about how talented they were, like going one through eight, and then their best player gets out. Who's supposed to step up to this? I don't think, I don't think Jalen Brown showed that he could be a one B. Like people think that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are one A one B, but Jalen Brown showed that he's he's more closer to the two to a number two option than he is a number one option because he just shrank in a moment eight turnovers he lost the ball so many times terrible series caleb mark he terrible series one of the worst he had more shots than points or and he had more turnovers than assists and this guy is supposed to get a max contract this season if you're if you're brad stevens if you're the owner of the celtics do you feel comfortable Paying Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown a hundred million dollars in total each year. Yeah, I think it was Tim Legler that said on ESPN. He said that you know they're probably not going to get they're probably not going to um, let Jalen Brown go this summer or next summer. Um, they're probably going to re-sign him because he's going to get that supermax. And but what when when trouble hits is when Jason Tatum is eligible for that supermax. And all of a sudden you gotta pay both guys 
And then you might come into a situation where you have to pick and choose. And in that, when that time comes, you know they're going with Tatum. You just know. Yeah. So Jalen Brown, if you okay, so we agree that Jalen Brown is a he's gonna get the super max. Yeah. But then I feel like if you're paying someone that max type of money, they have to be able to step into that number one option role when the actual number one is. But down I think he can. can play. We've seen moment glimpses. Um, and, and let's not excuse Tatum's performances as well. We talk about uh, Jalen Brown's 16% from three in the entire playoffs, but let's talk about Jason Tatum, not much better at 23% the entire series, over seven games. So it's the, not like... The entire Celtics team. The entire yeah, Celtics but, team shot 21% in game seven. They shot 42 of them things. But but the majority of those shots um, came from... Jason Tatum, at least half, almost half of those shots, uh, or a third of those shots came from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And when you're shooting 23 and 16%, uh, and you got Derek White that's shooting almost 50% from three, and Marcus Smart was shooting 36%. Like, if you just had those two guys, Jason Tatum and Brown, shooting how they usually shoot, this wouldn't have been, this wouldn't have been a series, bro. Like, it just... It just wouldn't have, and maybe that maybe that is coaching. Maybe that is coaching. I just they, they they I feel like they shot themselves out of the game sometimes. Like when the shots not falling, you have to think they're gonna go inside somehow. But I I get it. Uh, Bam out of balls protecting the paint. It's hard to go inside, but like this is where Jason Tatum. I know he was injured, but like this is where he should be at using the mid range to the best of his ability. And he only got 13 shots this game. Yeah. Yeah, let's give but let's give the Heat credit. The the Heat came out and uh almost choked it, but this team looks like scary, man. I don't it's super disciplined, great coaching staff, great leadership. Everyone keeps each other accountable. This is what I want the Kings to look like next year. So uh let's talk about the finals. Let's talk about the finals, man. Okay, the you, Denver Nuggets the Kings. have you said you want the Kings to look like the Heat, but I want the Kings to look like the Nuggets. What do you mean, man? We're gonna. I want the Kings to look like the 2023 NBA champion Nuggets. You know, you're right. You're right. If so, if Sabonis could be something like Jokic, then yeah, let's fucking go for that instead. That's but that's much we're, better. We're, we're missing our Aaron Gordon. Who's gonna be an Aaron Gordon? Is John yeah. Collins going to be our Aaron Gordon? Mm. I I don't I don't I wouldn't mind that. John Collins can shoot the ball. Is Keegan Murray Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, damn near. Better, damn near. right? No, they're about the same. Much. They're about the same. One just doesn't chuck as much. I think. Yeah, I think Michael Porter Jr. might be a better defender. I want to say that. No, I think he's a better rebounder. He he attacks the boards. But let's um let's make predictions, man. Who you got? <laughs> I think. I- I think it's pretty clear to me. I think the Nuggets. I've been riding on the Nuggets all season long. I I got a little bit scared though at the end of the season, in the regular season when the Nuggets just I don't know they went two and eight in their last ten. I got a little bit scared, but I still said that they'll be my favorite to come out the West, and I think that they're gonna win it all. I think Jokic is playing like the best player on this planet in the these playoffs, like completely unstoppable. 
And I just think that he this is the first time where he has a surrounding cast that makes completely sense and they play so well off each other. They can win in so many different ways. Their offense is fun to watch. They always know how to get great shots. They don't get good shots. They get they can get a great shot every single time. And I think that will keep them over over the heat, you know. And plus one plus is that the Nuggets the Nuggets have a pretty efficient offense against the zone in the playoffs. And Miami zone absolutely destroyed the Celtics. And you have to think that with the lack of size, they're going to have to play a lot of zone. Miami's going to have to play a lot of zone. And the Nuggets just seem like a perfect zone-killing team because, like, the the weakness in every zone, it's a middle of the floor, that free-throw line area. Yep. And, and guess where Jokic is fucking Jokic absolutely deadly. thrives in that in that high-post area, high-mid-post area. So <laughs> I think this is a recipe for man. disaster for the Heat. Yeah. I I, th- I think that I'm not going to count the Heat out because I've counted them out counted them out every single series and every single series they've proven me wrong. So, let me just let me just respect the Heat a little bit, man. From what they've shown us, uh there there is something to be said about this long absence of of play from the Denver Nuggets from sweeping the Lakers and the the Heat series going to 7 games. You could say that the finding rhythm might be an issue for some of these players. Maybe not like for Jokic or Jamal Murray, but maybe guys like KCP or MPJ, Aaron Gordon, uh, Bruce Brown. Those guys haven't played in a while. And those guys, um, you know, it might be tough finding a rhythm, whereas a guy like Gabe Vincent, they, these guys, these guys, you know, they're tired, but these they're guys hungry. are fucking competitive. Competitive. They got momentum. They got so much momentum in this. And and they are, they have nothing to lose in their minds. They have everything to gain and nothing to lose. They know what they're capable of. They know they can beat the Nuggets, man. And that's that's the thing that it doesn't matter who's counting them out. They know they can win, and they don't give a fuck about what anyone has to say about it. So they're gonna put they're gonna give it all. They're all every single fucking game. But similar to the Lakers series, how I said the Lakers must strike first if they want a chance to beat the Nuggets, and they didn't. They sh- they could have won that first game, but they didn't. Um, it was super close, probably the closest game of the series, and they didn't win that game, and they ended up getting swept. I think this might be a similar situation with the Heat, especially since the first two games are in Denver. It, the Heat must strike first. The Heat have to strike first because if the Heat don't strike first, and they they possibly lose game two, and they're down 0-2 going to Miami, that is just not the place they want to be. Um, against this Nuggets team because the Nuggets, they're they're too deadly. They're too scary. You know the Nuggets. So speaking of that quick four-game series against the Lakers, I noticed like, that was probably the closest sweep you've seen. Every single game was close. Every yeah. single game, like the Lakers had a lead at some point in it. Yeah. But it, it like whenever, whenever the Lakers held a lead, it will be Jamal Murray or Nikola Jokic that helps the team regain the lead, get some momentum going to the third or fourth. And you know why? Because these players are star players. Like Nikola Jokic, he is a player that I feel like can make something happen even after the Nuggets miss like five to ten shots in a row. If you give the ball to Jokic, you're going to automatically get a great shot that gets the offense going again. Yep. And he's like, how often do you get, do you get to say that about a player? Like, he doesn't even need to shoot the ball for the offense to get a great shot because he's such a great passer. I never see him make mistakes, like, ever. Yeah. 
He, yeah, and the only time, like, there's mistakes happen is when you see Jokic being too passive and just looking for shooters that aren't making shots. But I feel like he has such a good gauge on what to do now. He didn't have that before. Sometimes you see him just pass too much. But now he, he really looks to attack. And he his his moves have gotten way better. I, I truly feel like he's unstoppable down there. He really is. He really <laughs> He he's scary, man, and and it's a shame that people don't, not so not as many people know of his greatness as 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 they should. But yeah, so you I, have I, so you have the Nuggets. You told me, um, how many games is this taking? This is gonna go to six. Believe it six. or not, I do feel like Miami always comes out with that urgency. Like if you look at the the game logs they have they they win every game every game one on the road this is a team that understands time and place they understand the situation that they're in and they know that they have to strike first but i'm gonna state the facts like they can do all that but you're you're facing an actual mountain here like both figuratively and literally like you're literally a mile high a lot of players talk about how hard it is to play in denver the mile high city and to think about this here's a stat for you in the NBA Finals, the home team with at least five days rest are eight and one in game ones. Sheesh. And, and and they're eight and one in the series all time. So history is in the Nuggets' favor, but we know there's something about history. The Heat are there to beat it. Like they're an yeah. eight seed in the finals. Yeah. They took they literally took the hardest route to get there. They lost the first playing game. And they ha- they were down in the second playing game, and now they're in the finals. He, Denver and six is what you said. Yeah, Denver and six. I'm gonna go, go with. I think that. I think this game, this series, could go to seven games. I really do. You think that he are gonna go down 0-3 again? No, I think, <clears throat> I think, I think, bro, I think we need to stop counting out the Heat, man. I think that the Heat could go take it. I think the Heat could have a three-one lead. No, three-two lead. And the Heat um, could have a three-two lead. Three-two lead going into Game Six in Miami, and that game would have to be won by Denver. I could see that scenario happening. I wouldn't count it out. Almost no reason behind it. Almost no reason behind it. But I just I just know. I mean, I have a feeling. My feelings on this podcast, I'm not going to lie, usually pretty shit. So maybe y'all should take this with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I've been yeah, wrong don't, a lot Don't this bet playoffs. on stuff. Don't I've been bet wrong on stuff, a lot right? this playoffs. That's why I stopped using prize picks because – I'm making these fucking predictions and I'm losing money on it. So fuck that shit. Yeah, this is why FanDuel doesn't sponsor us because they know our they know our viewers don't aren't the most educated <laughs> because if, they okay. listen to you. So yeah, that's true. So if the Heat were to win, what which player has the is the biggest X factor on this Heat team, uh, or or not even one player necessarily? What would the Heat have to do? Uh, to overcome this this Nuggets team, there are three things I believe the Heat have to do. 
if they want to win this series. If they even want a chance, give themselves a chance to win this series. Um, I think Bam Adebayo has to be a two-way star. Because I feel like a lot of times during the Celtics series, I was like, why is Bam doing the same thing over and over again? Why is he still trying to ISO Al Horford? Why is he making these? Why is he shooting these tough fadeaway jumpers? Why isn't he just, I don't know, doing what he does best? Be Bam out of bio, finish plays. I do think that with his playmaking, he has an opportunity to potentially average a triple double. And yeah, I mean, he's had second that potential. Thing, oh yeah, yeah. Second thing for the Heat is that they have to continue their hot shooting. Max Schroes has to continue to shoot well. Duncan yep. Robinson, Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent with that bum ankle. Gabe Vincent and Jimmy Butler with that bum ankle. They yeah. both have to be able to shoot. Because if you can space a floor against this Nuggets team, then you can really attack Jokic in space. Yeah. And then the third team, third thing that I want the Heat to do, because I really want a very entertaining final series, is that Tyler Hero has to come back and he has to play like he's never left. Really? Because yeah, I feel like Tyler Hero at times he shows that he can be a all-star fringe all-star type player and you're going to the I know I believe in the Heat's ability to keep games close, but without a second star it's hard to close things out cuz we know how hard Jimmy Butler plays on both sides of the court and by the time that there's five minutes left on the on the clock, it's it's kind of hard to muster enough legs for a shot, and that's what you need to tell our hero. Your second star is Caleb Martin. I'm telling you, bro. <sighs> Caleb Martin. Do you think the lights are too bright for him? Nope. At this stage. Nope. If the if the lights weren't if the lights weren't bright, if the lights weren't too bright for him in the fucking Eastern Conference Finals, they're definitely not too too bright for him now, bro. He he's gonna play great, and I think I, I, I think if even if Tyler Hero is ready to come back, I think bringing him back when he's out of rhythm is is kind of doing the team harm because you know he's not gonna do much on the defensive side, and when the team is rock, rocking how they're rocking right now on the offensive side of the floor, it's just why would you why would you want to mess that up? You have a point on that because Tyler Hero, I I do believe that. The reason why the Heat were so successful against the Celtics is because they couldn't pick down Tyler Hero. Like the only, the really, the only guy on the Heat that the Heat really had to protect was Max Struess. But then again, Max Struess can get those deflections sometimes, and he can he can sometimes be a positive on the defensive side. Where whereas Tyler Hero, he's a net negative for most of the time. So I think having one less guy to cover for on defense really helped the Heat against the Celtics. And will probably help them against the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I Tyler Hero shouldn't get more more than like ten minutes a game, in my opinion. Because you just unless he starts if if he comes out shooting crazy, then yeah. But I doubt it. Is this is this shooting hand? Is this shooting hand the one that's broken? Yeah, it's a shooting hand that's broken, which is yeah, which is the craziest part. So there's no way. There's just no way. You could use him as a decoy. Maybe he can space the floor. I don't know. Yeah, he's just running around doing nothing now. He's Pat Bev, man. He tricked y'all. He's out here doing nothing. So you said uh, you said uh, Nuggets and six. I'm gonna just go. Fuck it. I'm gonna say Heat and seven. 
Okay. Heat in seven. We we know that can they can keep games close. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna change my mind. I'm gonna change my mind. Nuggets in seven. Oh, nuggets and seven. Nuggets and so seven. we both have the nuggets. I hope yeah. that someone someone but, that's recording all these opinions, like like they're gonna get Stephen A's opinion, they're gonna get Shannon Sharp's opinion. I hope someone records our opinions. Like I do people Dude, care about you've English been right and Enoch you've been right opinions? a lot on this show or this podcast. Thank you. I've been I've been wrong a lot, which makes sense because I'm always just arguing against you. So if, if I'm wrong, that means you're right usually. <laughs> so I've been wrong a lot, and you've been right a lot. So let's just if you, if the listeners listeners haven't noticed that by now, it, it definitely that's definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing so far. <laughs> we should we should make that. A I'm trying segment. to flip the narrative. I'm trying to I'm trying to flip the narrative though. Yeah, maybe next season, buddy. Maybe or the finals, season. or the finals, man. So Nuggets in seven. I, I must say Nuggets in seven. I think um, the Nuggets, the Nuggets uh, having home court advantage is is going to play a, a little part in, and in this series, I think every little positive or advantage is going to uh, be crucial. So mm. uh, those are our picks. Those are our picks for for the NBA finals, y'all. Uh, starting tomorrow, which is probably when y'all are going to hear this, or. If if y'all watch, listen to our episode the day we drop, which we appreciate y'all that do, um, y'all hear this, y'all will hear this. But uh, some other news in the NBA: Monty Williams, the head coach of the Detroit Pistons, signing a max contract. Jeez, man, six looking like, six years, looking like looking looking like he just got re-signed to a team on an actual NBA contract. I heard apparently he did not want to be coaching the Pistons, and then the Pistons came out with this banger of a contract. So what is it? How how much? It's six years, seventy eight million, but Sheesh. there's incentives. There's incentives that can net him a hundred million. A hundred million for a fucking coach, man. For a coach for six years, the Pistons are not down bad. But I do agree with this signing. I think Monte Williams is a great coach for the Pistons, and I do switch. think he's he is a culture switcher. We saw we the Suns that we see right now, the way that Devin Booker is playing is because of Monte Williams. Yeah, we were we were Monte Williams twenty twenty bubble, twenty twenty bubble. He's the one that got the Suns to go eight and zero in the bubble and compete for the final slot in the championship in, in the playoffs. And then the very next year, he led them to an NBA Finals appearance before having drama with DeAndre in the next two years, and which is ultimately the reason why he got fired. All right, so so knowing that Monty is now the head coach of this Pistons team, um, does this make the Detroit Pistons a play-in team? <sighs> Let's see this. So... That's hard to consider because I think the Magic are coming up as well. But when we look at the standings in the East, the Pistons were dead last. They were dead last. <laughs> and they were dead last, and they only get the fifth pick in the NBA draft. But let's talk about um, kind of the series they had. I mean, the season they had. Cade Cunningham going down in like the first month of the season or early in the season. And that just kind of like, just kind of 
fucking fucked everything up. It, it did because Kate Cunningham, I believe, before he went down in that 15 game stretch before he went down, he was averaging like 27 points per game. And I think they had a solid team put together. He's poised to have a breakout season next year. Am I crazy to think that Kate Cunningham can be an all-star next year? I don't think you are. Because and and when you look at this Pistons team, um, they they have talent when they're healthy. Uh like a Jaden Ivey, uh Marvin Bagley, Bogdanovich, oh, they God. still have Bog- Oh God. Oh god. They still yeah, Marvin Bagley. I don't know why I said his name third. Uh, uh, like, like guys, like guys, like uh, Kelly. Fucking, they don't have Kelly Olynyk. They have James Wiseman now. Uh, but really, Cade, Cade Cunningham and Bogdanovich, like those two pieces. Uh, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, I feel like those pieces are a beginning of something that could be 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 really good. So I I yeah. I think bringing in Monty Williams kind of like validates them in a way. And even like makes their own players start to take this organization seriously, uh, now that they know that they have a winning coach, and they're not a winning team, so they're gonna have to get on board with with whatever the fuck he says. And I like how you mentioned Bogdanovich because instead of trading the pit, instead of the Pistons trading him, and we know that they for sure got trade offers for him this past Definitely. trade deadline, they kept him. And you know what he's really good at? He's really good at becoming a go-to scorer. Like he became the go-to scorer for the Pistons in the very few clutch games that they had, but he's just another veteran guy that can step out and make a make a shot, or sometimes like collapse the defense a little bit. And I know Kate Cunningham is going to be able to do that once he's healthy. I know he's going to command so much attention on offense, and I know that um, he's going to be a star. You know, he's going to be up there with the with the Lucas when it's all said and done. Yeah, he's he's and Bogdanovich. He's he's there with them. Bogdanovich is two. He's he's a good number two on a play in team. And and who knows, um who knows if Kate Cunningham was even hurt. There was like conspiracy theories that he was just like it wasn't a a big injury as they said it was and they're just like just trying to dip basically tanking for one B. Yeah, tanking or some shit. But they didn't even get top three pick so um and a very interesting player that i think that we should watch out for under monty williams coaching is jalen duran i think uh, jalen duran closed him. out Fuck, he's so good last season so well like he plays so hard he's such a vertical lob threat and he can really block shots and he's barely he's he barely turned 19 if i'm remembering correctly and I told you, nothing he, he reminds like, me. He reminds me of a mini Dwight Howard. Mini Dwight Howard, but he's already strong and wide like Dwight was in his rookie yeah. season. And the thing that's best, that's good about Jalen Duren that you didn't get with DeAndre Ayn is that he, he's not entitled. This guy's an absolute dog. He paid, yeah. played at Memphis under Penny Hardaway. He had a coach that was going to get under his ass if he didn't play the right way. Pause, and bro. we know Monty Monte Williams... Monte Williams is going to get these guys to play the right way, to play winning basketball. He's going to instill a culture. And we have Jalen Duran, who's just hungry to earn an NBA spot, a legitimate NBA spot. Think about all the different players he's competing with on that roster. Like He's going to light a fire in Jalen Duran that, that DeAndre Ayn just didn't have. Bro, if, if the Pistons... 
If Brandon Miller is on the board on the five pick, imagine a lineup of Ivy, Cunningham, Bogdanovich, Duran, and Brandon Miller. That could that, be something. That right has there. a lot of things. And I think you left on Bogdanovich as, too, as well. No, think I said about the shooting with just Oh, you did? Yeah. Think about the shooting with Miller and Bogdanovich. That would be... And Cunningham, a little bit. And Cunning, No, Cunningham? Yeah, Cunningham can shoot. Katie can shoot. But uh, at the fifth pick, if they don't get Brandon Miller, if Brandon Miller does not slip, who do you want them to draft? Amen Thompson? I don't know. I don't know this draft class. Honestly, you know the draft class much better than me. Who who let me just reverse the question on you. With this team, I'm I'm I think they do need another wing. But I do think that Cam Whitmore would be the best player for them, if not Brandon Miller. Just because Cam Whitmore doesn't doesn't have a really good off the dribble game. But he played at Villanova, which is a very good, well-coached program, and he can really slide into Monty Williams' system because he, he knows how to play the game the right way. He's just adjusting to this NBA NBA speed, NBA pace, NBA lifestyle. But he's, he's super athletic. He's a, he, he's a smart player. He knows how to shoot, and I think that's a perfect player for the Pistons at pick number five. Yeah, I... I, I... There's a. I think that even though Brandon Miller wet the bed in the tournament, I think that he still could get picked top three, because just I feel like when when it comes down to the draft time, these teams don't care about recency bias. They care about who has the most potential, and when it comes down to the line, you you see them make these quick decisions. They change their minds so fast. They're thinking about oh Brandon Miller this, Brandon Miller that. He's not this. He's not that. He played shit in the tournament. All of a sudden, you have 10 seconds left. You're like, what if I pass on Brandon Miller? You know what I mean? What if I pass? And this is a very top-heavy draft. Like, There's really only three players that, are very, that you know for sure are definitely lottery players. And then everyone else is a toss-up because I can see so many different players in this draft um, dropping down. I heard that Grady Dick is dropping down. I heard that um, the Thompson brothers, a lot of people are, are, are souring on them just because they play for OTE. But they're, I mean, I they're great a, character. Valid, I think that's a valid reason to be to be doubtful of these guys. Like, yeah, OTE is not is serious first year. at all. Yeah, so um, discipline and defensive discipline. Um, that's gonna be huge. Just that's like wor- that shit's worse than AAU ball. So, mm-hmm. um, last topic. Speaking of the draft, you were saying this. Uh, you mentioned that. Uh, Wemby is the most hyped player since LeBron James, if not more hyped than LeBron James. And hey, I, I can agree more. The, the, the media, okay, I agree that he is maybe as hyped, maybe just a tad bit less hyped than LeBron James. But the way that the media took and ran with it, the way that they said that Wemby is the most hyped draft prospect in team sports ever, that's, that's from Woj. I think that's such an obnoxious and <laughs> such a such a careless thing to say for Woj to say that. Woj, Woj is trying to get who, who is Woj starting to CAA? Is he trying to get Woj? I mean, trying to get Wemby to be CAA, or is Wemby gonna be clutch? You think Wemby's a clutch player? 
Yeah, he's definitely a clutch player, bro. Yeah, for sure. If he if he knows what's right for his career, right. That's that's a uh, that's LeBron's agency, right? Yeah, that is LeBron's agency. Yeah, Rich Paul. Rich Paul. Yeah. He's and, he's gonna have yeah. Rich Paul by his hip, right on his hip. Head, right on head, his hip. Head at the hip. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, head at the. Oh yeah, he made Kuzma look small in that picture. Yeah, I I want to ask this question though. Uh, last question before we leave. Considering the young talent on the Spurs team, and although they weren't good this past season, for a second they had a chance at the play-in. Um, or was that the season before? <laughs> no, that was this season. I think yeah, after right? like twenty yeah. something games, they were like still in the thick of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And they got guys like Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Trey Jones, um, young, young, young up and coming talent, like promising talent. Uh does Wembenyama his 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 arrival does he kind of take over that number one spot right away? Well, we saw what happened when Tim Duncan first entered the league and Greg Popovich got to coach him. They went to the playoffs that very first year. And I think that Wembenyama just extended Greg Popovich's career. I feel like he was on the verge of retiring. And then then here he is at like 85 years old uh, getting getting the greatest prospect since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on his team. And... With that being said, I think the NBA is so talented right now that it will be hard for me to envision the Spurs being a legitimate playoff team. I think they're going to be in a race for a play-in. I can see them as an 11th or 12th seed, but it's hard for me to think that they're going to be definitely in the playoffs just because, like, yeah, sure, Wemby, Wemby was doing all that stuff in, like, the Euro... It's not even the Euro League. It was, like, this French B, B, B League. And I'm not sure how much of it is going to translate. You know, he's he's a freak for real. Greg Popovich has a lot to work with. And with that type of God-given natural talent, I think all he needs to learn is how to play NBA-level basketball. And with a coach like Greg Popovich, that's the right coach to get him to, to teach him how to play NBA-level basketball. Yeah, I, I the thing for me, I need to see the ball go in from three in an NBA game. In in regulation, like I need to see that happen. Uh, hey, that meaning, could happen. We can see it live. I don't care if it's the, live or not. I just need to see that he can make that shot. And if he can, like consistently, if his his shot translates to the league fast and well, kind of like Keegan Murray. If it's like that, if it's as good as Keegan Murray, which I mean, if it hap- like that's like the best any rookie has ever done. So if it's that's like best case scenario, right? Um, if he's shooting at like Keegan Murray and he's seven foot two, seven foot four, whatever the fuck how tall he is, bro, his game is gonna open up. It's gonna be insane. You won't be able to he won't be able to showcase his entire game if his shot isn't falling like it is in the Euro League or whatever he wherever he's, he's playing. He, he's gonna dunk from the three point line, I'm convinced. I, I, I saw him catching off the backboard alley oop between the legs very easily. Did you see him miss his own three and fucking put back dunk it that shit's insane and it the craziest thing is that he didn't have like a mixtape like zion williamson or john wall or or austin even austin rare is that type of guy but yet everybody knows everyone is so certain that this guy is going to be the next best big thing 
you only need to see a few clips. Like like once you see a few clips and you just see how big he is and how the moves he's doing. The thing that's impressive to me is that when he has the ball, he looks like a guard. Like the way he's standing, the way he has the ball, the way he dribbles, you know, how low he is when he's dribbling the ball, how he uses shoulders, his footwork, all of that looks like a guard. And then then you realize that he's fucking 7-4 and then it's like holy shit. You know, like what the fuck? The yeah. only guy I can really think about, the only guy I can really think that that is anything like that. You said Anthony Davis, but I'd say Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant Kevin is going to play face to face with you, not back to the basket like Anthony Davis a lot. Yeah, Kevin Durant's yeah. going to score in your face, and I think that's more of a Wemby style play. I, I don't think he's going to live in the paint the paint. Uh, for most of his career, I think it's going to be if he wants a long career, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be on the perimeter. So because of his body, you know, he it just doesn't look like he can take a lot. Um, and speaking of that body, do you know? Did you hear that um, Tim Duncan is going to be consoling? Yes, I did. Wemby a lot, and yes, that guy Tony played Parker for twenty years. That you when Tim Duncan talks, you listen. Because that guy played 20 years in the NBA without without any... I mean, he was pretty athletic in his early years. But when his athleticism went away, when his speed went away, the IQ still was still there. And if you give Wembenyama high IQ, I can see him winning at least four championships. And I can see the Spurs contending within the next five years. Yeah. The second thing behind... I agree. The second thing behind... uh. When I said him shot falling, the second thing that has to happen is is him. He has to stay healthy, and that that's a given. Uh, you know, Big when it like comes that. to these tall guys, yeah. Uh, like you hope that a situation like the Chet Holmgren stuff, where he's playing in a rec league in the summer and just breaks his foot, like that, that's just worst case scenario. Uh, uh, so it's going to be crazy, bro. Oklahoma City Thunder versus Spurs this year. Like it's going to be a crazy game, which is insane to say. It hasn't been that. It hasn't been like that since 2013. So um, are, it's going to be fun putting, to watch. Are we putting Wemby in for Rookie of the Year? I don't know, cause like you said, it's top Chet, heavy. Chet's playing. Chet's Chet, playing too. Chet is a rookie now, um, so he could he could be good. Um, Scoot Henderson looks very promising. Uh, Brandon Miller, I doubt, you know, let's not count him out yet, but, you know, who knows? Uh, and he needs then, more of adjustment, in my opinion. And when it comes to these draft picks, these draft classes that people say are top-heavy, it, it, it creates an opportunity for people like Donovan Mitchell to come out of nowhere. Uh, and or any undrafted players, too. Think about the undrafted rookies facts so i i I, it's exciting i love it when you don't know any of the rookies and all of a sudden they just like new faces in the league that are just balling i love that shit like last year i didn't know the fuck benedict matherin was and all of a sudden (laughs) he's on my fantasy team and he's giving me fucking 40 balls it's amazing so i I, I, that's what i love about the league man yeah and um speaking of like being able to see these talents the california classic is coming back to sacramento july 3rd and july 5th and do you know which two teams got added who? The Spurs and the Hornets. Ooh. There's a chance for us to see Wembenyama in the Golden One Center. No, Wembenyama is not going to play in the summer league, bro. You don't think he's going to play in California no. Classic? No, he's not going to play in any summer league or preseason game. 
Do you think the Spurs will be on national TV a lot? Yes, for sure. The, the Spurs are back, baby. Same with the Thunder. I think now that Shea made first team and the, and almost the playoffs and Chet's back, the games with Chet versus the Spurs, bro, or Chet versus Zion, or Chet versus Luka. Oh, all these, my all these, gosh. All these guys. This is going to be crazy, bro. It's going to be insane. Chet and Wembenyama. Chet, Chet and Wembenyama. Yeah, that's going to be insane. And they play insane. like three to four times a season. And they're not going to guard each other. For sure not going to guard each other. Thunder versus Spurs, a very classic rivalry. Is that back? If the games are close, then I don't see why not. <laughs> they both sure. suck. I'm excited. Man, you got I mean, me excited no, for Thunder, this season when there's still put, versus, there's still four to seven games left of this season. And I'm more excited for next season. Right, right. Uh I mean that let's give it the Thunder respect. They may, almost made the playoffs. So uh so yeah, I mean Congrats. I, I, I think Jalen Williams uh is like a borderline all star already. How about Josh Giddy? He's he's getting there. Like he's Giddy. getting there. Jalen Williams like is a borderline, but Jalen Williams is one of those guys that can be an all star like soon. Same with Josh Giddy, but I don't know. Josh Giddy needs to show me something from outside a little bit more than his little set push he's, shot looks ugly as fuck. He he's he's so boring to me. Like he makes some a good pass, but like the rest of his game is so boring to me. Nah, bro. If you, ah, bro, his he has insane footwork and and he just knows exactly his angles or his driving angles and his pick and roll, bro. His vision on the pick and roll is insane. Like he just has amazing vision, and it just he doesn't waste motion. He he doesn't. He's one of those guys that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. The only time he's like he looks like he's making a mistake when he's shooting threes and he's bricking him. Those that's the only time where it's like Josh Giddy. Like you're not playing that great, but when he has the ball and he's passing, distributing, distributing, like he's he's a he's a he could be a really important piece, like a Tyrese Halliburton type piece, maybe not like a Tyrese Halliburton, but a Tyrese Halliburton on the Kings type piece to a really good team. Okay, so I'm imagining it right now: Josh Giddy with Chet Holmgren ghost screening, popping out to the three, where he has more options to attack, to shoot, to drive. Man, that's gonna be a sight to see for the Thunder. They need a they need a power forward that can that can be a big body in the paint because you can't rely on Jalen Williams to be your only big guy. Yeah, Jalen Williams. Uh, might I say they might be a contender for Rashawn Holmes? The Kings are trying to get rid of Rashawn Holmes. Maybe we find a new home for Holmes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Holmes, know, but you could say we could say goodbye to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all i think we're gonna wrap it up for the summer yeah we're wrapping yeah. it up here we're gonna wrap it up y'all we're gonna see y'all next week um it's late right now it's fucking 1 in the morning we're a little we're a little sleepy but uh excited for the game tomorrow uh game one of the nba finals y'all don't don't discredit this 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 uh finals just because it's heat and the nuggets nuggets and it doesn't sound sexy like just watch it man it's gonna be a good series all right just watch it just seriously watch it if you, have like time, you guys watch the Super Bowl where, where where Cincinnati was playing in the Super Bowl and everyone still tuned in. You can tune in to Denver and Miami. Come on. Denver has weed. Miami. Everyone knows about Miami. So <laughs> just watch it. All right, y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll see y'all next week. And peace. Peace.